0: Hey everyone, this is Bree. You are listening to Brief, the podcast that summarizes all the books. This is episode 2 of Kite Runner by Haled Hosseini. This episode covers chapters 13 through 25, and I do an in-depth cover of all of the themes at the very end. Chapter 13. So the next day, they go to the Tahiris' home and have a ceremony where the general basically just gives his blessing for their marriage and invites Amir into their family. And instead of following the tradition of a few months long engagement, they speed things up because Baba doesn't have that long to live. So they get married quickly. And after they get married, Soraya moves in with Amir and Baba since Baba is so sick and she becomes dedicated to taking care of him. And one day, Amir comes home from the pharmacy, and he catches Soraya hiding his brown leather journal, the one that he writes all of his stories in. And Baba tells him that he asked Soraya to read his stories to him. Obviously, Amir is very excited about this, very touched by this. And about a month after their wedding, Baba dies. And on 174, Amir says, Baba couldn't show me the way anymore. I'd have to find it on my own. The thought terrified me. So after Baba dies, Amir spends his time learning about Saraya's family since they had a very short engagement. He learns that the general refuses to work because he thinks it's below him. He refuses to do work that he thinks is below him, which is apparently everything that's not being a general. So his family is on welfare. He gets migraines, he takes antidepressants, and he doesn't treat his wife very well. He learns that Saraya's mother has a beautiful singing voice and very poor health soraya's mother loves him because he saved soraya from growing old alone soraya tells amir about what happened with the man that she was living with in virginia so her dad came with a loaded gun and threatened to kill the man and himself so soraya went home with him and he made her cut off all of her hair amir says he doesn't care about her past comforts her So Amir gets accepted to San Jose State and chooses English as his major. He takes a job working security, and when everybody leaves for the night, he writes his novel. Soraya joins him at San Jose State to become a teacher. Amir finishes his first novel. It gets published, makes him a small celebrity in the Afghan community, and Amir and Soraya start trying to have a baby, but they are unsuccessful. So they go to a fertility specialist, and they find out that they have unexplained infertility, They try IVF, and after that fails, the doctor suggests adoption. But Soraya is upset and doesn't want to go that route, and also the general doesn't approve of adoption because he believes in the importance of blood and ancestry. And on 188, Amir says that perhaps something, someone, somewhere had decided to deny me fatherhood for the things I had done. Maybe this was my punishment and perhaps justly so. So Amir and Soraya use the advance from his second novel to buy a house and move away, but the strain of trying to have a baby starts settling over their marriage. Chapter 14 It's now June 2001. They have a dog, and Soraya has taught at the same school for six years. And Amir gets a phone call from Rahim Khan, who is living in Pakistan, and he's very sick. And he asks Amir to come visit him before he dies. Before Amir gets off the phone, Rahim tells him that he knew all of these years what happened, what happened with Hassan, and how Amir knew what happened, saw what happened, and didn't do anything, and then also how he got them sent away. Rahim says to him, there is a way to be good again. And Amir agrees to go to Pakistan to visit him and Soraya stays behind because her father broke his hip and he's in poor health and she stays behind to take care of him. Chapter 15. So Amir makes it to Pakistan. He's in Peshawar and he is visiting with Rahim, who says that it wasn't hard to find Amir at all and tells him about how strict the Taliban is and how Kabul is very different now that things are really bad. People have to sneak around to avoid getting shot and that the alliance has destroyed Baba's orphanage. He says that when the Taliban came people welcomed them and danced in the streets because they were so tired of living the way that they had in like a war-torn country and they thought the Taliban would be better. And on page 201 he says, "Yes, hope is a strange thing. Peace at last, but at what price?" Rahim is very sick like he said and he starts coughing up blood, says he probably won't live to see the end of the summer, and he tells Amir that he had another reason for getting Amir to come to Pakistan other than him being sick and wanting to see him. So Rahim tells him that when Baba and Amir left Kabul, he has been living in their house ever since, and he was living in that house with Hassan. And he says, I have a favor to ask of you, but he wants to tell him about Hassan first. Chapter 16. Rahim tells his story. So, He has been living in Baba's house since they left Afghanistan. He's getting lonely, and it's also getting difficult for him to live alone and keep the house up and clean it and everything. So he searches for Hassan. He said it didn't take long to find him, and he found that Hassan had a wife. Her name is Farzana, and that they were expecting a child. He also found out that Ali had died already from a landmine accident, and they catch up, and Rahim asks him to move to Kabul with him. Hassan asked about Amir, learned about Baba's passing, and agreed to move to Kabul with Rahim, but insisted on living in the hut and not in the house. Because he says on 208, what will Amir think when he comes back to Kabul after the war and finds that I have assumed his place in the house? So Hassan and Farzana take care of all the cooking and the cleaning in the house, and in the fall, Farzana gives birth to a baby girl who is stillborn. And in 1990, she gets pregnant again. And around this time, a woman shows up at the door. She's super sick. She has cuts on her face. And it ends up being Hassan's mother. Now you'll remember that Hassan's mother left when he was a baby. She was very cruel about it, very cruel to him and Ollie. And he hasn't seen her since. She apologizes for all of the missed time. He obviously forgives her because he's a kind person. They catch up and she helps deliver Hassan's son, who they name Sorab, after Hassan's favorite hero. And Hassan's mother becomes very close with the baby and is with them until the baby is four and then she passes away. And at that point, Kabul became a war zone, but their district hadn't been too affected by it. And Hassan was able to take Sohrab everywhere with him, teach him how to use a slingshot, teach him how to read and write and he also took him kite running during the winter. But in 1996, the Taliban came, and while Rahim celebrated the Russians leaving, Hassan was worried about the Hazaras because he knows the Taliban is prejudiced against them. And a few weeks after the Taliban came, they forbade kite flying, and in 1998, they started killing Hazaras. Chapter 17 Rahim finishes telling the story, and Amir asks if Hassan is still in their home and Rahim hands him an envelope, which is just a letter from Hassan to Amir. In the letter, Hassan tells Amir that he wishes to hear all about his time in America. He says that the Afghanistan they knew is gone. He tells him about one day that he was at the market with his wife and Hassan's wife asked loudly about potatoes and a Taliban soldier hit her so hard that she fell down. Hassan expresses concern for Rahim's health, tells Amir that Rahim is going to Pakistan to get help from doctors and he says on 218, I dream that my son will grow up to be a good person, a free person, and an important person. Hassan finishes the letter saying that he's waiting for Amir to come and visit him. So, Amir finishes reading the letter and asks Rahim how Hassan is doing now, and Rahim tells him that a month after he came to Pakistan, rumors spread that a Hazara was living alone in a big house in Kabul. Taliban officials interrogated Hassan and accused him of lying. They told him to leave the house, but he protested because he said he needed to take care of it for Amir, and they killed him in the street. They killed Farzana, too, because she screamed and attacked them. And the Taliban moved into the house. They obviously didn't get any punishment because they said it was self-defense. And their child, Sohrab, ended up in an orphanage. So now we get to the favor that Rahim wants to ask of Amir. Rahim asks Amir to find Sohrab in the orphanage and bring him to Pakistan to another orphanage that's run by Americans, where he'll be better cared taken care of amir protests he says he's like i have a wife and a career i can't go but he offers to pay for somebody to go get Sorab. rahim gets angry tells him that's insulting and that it's never been about the money he says to amir i wonder what kind of man you've become rahim tells amir another secret and this is huge so ali was married before hassan's mother her name is sanobar and he was married before that for three years and with this wife they couldn't have kids the wife left and married someone else and had three daughters with this man so what they discovered was that Ali was sterile so that means that Hassan can't be his son Amir comes to find out that Hassan is his half-brother Baba is Hassan's father Amir never knew the truth Hassan Ali never knew the truth And on 222, Amir says, I felt like a man sliding down a steep cliff, clutching at shrubs and tangles of brambles and coming up empty-handed. He's so angry that he gets up and storms out of the apartment. So, to clear things up, Baba slept with Sanobar after his wife died. Ali never knew. No one knew except Rahim Khan. So Hassan is Baba's son. Chapter 18 Amir goes to a shop and orders tea, tries to get his bearings, and he realizes that the signs were there all along. How Baba never missed Hassan's birthday, how he fixed Hassan's hair lip, and how he was weeping when they left. And on page 225, Amir says, I was learning that Baba had been a thief, and a thief of the worst kind, because the things he'd stolen had been sacred. From me, the right to know I had a brother from Hassan his identity, and from Ali his honor. And remember, Baba said to Amir that the worst sin was being a thief, so this hits harder for Amir. Amir realizes that he and Baba are similar in more ways than one, and that Rahim asked him to come to atone for both of their sins. Amir decides to go to Kabul to end the cycle of lies and betrayal and secrets. Chapter 19. Amir gets a driver to take him to Kabul. The driver's name is Farid. He's 29 years old. He has two wives and five daughters. He had seven, but lost two of them to a landmine accident. So Amir, in order to be safer in Afghanistan, he changes his money, changes his clothes, and wears a fake beard so that he doesn't stand out. He also doesn't tell Soraya where he's going. So on the drive, they stop in Jalalabad to stay with Farid's brother for the night. And Amir is ashamed by the books he writes because he feels like kind of an outsider because he didn't live there his whole life. And Farid accuses him of coming back just to sell his father's land for the money because apparently that's what a lot of people have been doing. And Amir tells him that he's looking for Sorab. And later on, Farid apologized to him. But on 241, Amir talks about how he feels about afghanistan and he says the kinship i felt suddenly for the old land it surprised me i had been gone long enough to forget and be forgotten i thought i had forgotten about this land but i hadn't maybe afghanistan hadn't forgot about me either so the night that they stay at farid's brother's house he sees how poorly they live and how they didn't have enough food for their children and so before they leave the house amir hides money under their mattress Chapter 20. Ever since they spent the night at his brother's place, Farid warmed up to Amir, so they kind of become friends. Amir soon realizes that it's not the same Kabul that he knew. He sees beggars everywhere, most of them are children. He says on 245, hardly any of them sat with an adult male. The wars had made fathers a rare commodity in Afghanistan. He sees that buildings had been turned to rubble. He says the city smelled like diesel instead of smelling like lamb kebab. And as they're walking through the town, he sees some members of the Taliban. And this is the first time he has seen anyone in the Taliban. So he stares at them. Fareed scolds him for this. He's like, don't ever stare at them. And a beggar nearby joins in and tells Amir, he's like, you should listen to him. The Taliban go looking for people to provoke them. All they need is for you to stare at them, for them to do something bad to you. Amir makes conversation with this beggar and finds out that he was a lecturer at the university that Amir's mom taught at and that he knew his mom. And so he shares a story with Amir about his mother, says that she told him she was profoundly happy and that that scared her because she says on 250, happiness like this is frightening. They only let you be this happy if they're preparing to take something from you. And Amir asks for more stories, and the man says he'll try to remember more, but Amir never sees him again. So Farid and Amir go to the orphanage and they try to get in, but the director denies them and denies having Sohrab there or having known him. They have a picture of Sohrab that they're showing him. This is because he thinks Amir might be dangerous. So, Amir knocks again, and he shows him the picture and describes what he knows about Sohrab from Rahim Khan, which is that he can read and write, and that he's really good at slingshot. And after hearing the slingshot comment, the director lets them in, and he says Sohrab is great at slingshot. He tucks one in his waist everywhere he goes. So the director takes them to his office. He says that there's 215 orphans there. He can barely feed them, and he says he hopes that Amir isn't too late to save Sohrab. So Amir discovers that a Taliban official comes every month and buys a child from the orphanage in exchange for money, and last month he took Sohrab. Farid hears this and starts just strangling the director because he's so angry that he would sell children, and he actually almost kills him before Amir intervenes. The director says that Taliban official took Sohrab about a month ago, And he's like, I don't feel like I have a choice. I need the money to feed the kids, and you can't exactly say no to the Taliban. And so he gives them the information of where to find Sohrab, and they leave. Chapter 21. So they go visit Amir's old neighborhood in Kabul. He wanted to see his old house. And he sees that most of the Taliban and government officials live there now. And he looks at his house and tries to reconcile what he sees with the house in his memories. And he hikes up to the pomegranate tree that him and Hassan used to go to, and he finds the carving in the tree that Hassan put. And then Fareed honks at him and is like, "We got to get out of here before anyone sees us." So they stop in an old hotel. It doesn't have any running water. It has a broken toilet and no electricity. And they spend the night there. And the next day, they go to a stadium where there's a sporting event going on, and it's like halftime during this sporting event. And this is where they're gonna find the guy that took so rap. So there's holes in the ground on this dirt field and they watch as two pickup trucks enter the field and there's a man sitting blindfolded in one pickup truck and a woman blindfolded in another and Amir suddenly understands why there's holes in the ground. And basically these two people committed adultery and this is their punishment to be stoned to death. And Amir says on 269, I will never, as long as I draw breath, forget the sound of that scream. It was the cry of a wild animal trying to pry its mangled leg free from the bear trap. So they watch as this happens, and then they find the person to set up the meeting with the man who took Sohrab. Chapter 22. Amir goes into the meeting alone, which to me feels like a dumb decision, but he goes alone. And he's waiting in a room for the man who he's supposed to meet. And he starts to panic because he just saw this man murder two people. And this man, so he's wearing like a white robe type outfit and he has John Lennon glasses on. So like round framed glasses. So he enters and there's guards with him and the guards rip off Amir's fake beard. And the man starts telling Amir about how he killed all these people, claiming to do God's work and that he truly felt free. It's like he just thinks that he's doing God's work by killing people. And he's like, how can you live in America? He calls America the whore. How can you live there instead of here with your Muslim brothers doing your duty? He tells Amir that he could have him arrested and shot for treason. Amir is starting to panic, obviously. He's in a room with a straight up murderer. The man finally gets the guards to go get Sohrab, and he walks in the room, and Amir is completely taken aback by his resemblance to Hassan. And he has to just sit there as this Taliban official makes Sohrab dance around the room for him and the guards. and then the music stops. Sohrab goes to the man and he like kisses him on the cheek. It's so gross. The man turns to Amir and says that he wondered what happened to Babalu. So if you remember, Babalu means boogeyman. And this is what the kids in Amir's neighborhood called Ali because he had like half of his face was paralyzed. So they called him Babalu. Amir's stomach drops. The man takes his sunglasses off and Amir realizes that the man he's dealing with is a Seth. Assef, the boy who raped Hassan, the boy who bullied them, the most devastating revelation ever, that he now has Hassan's child. So Amir immediately is like, I just want the boy, what, like what money do you want? I'll give you whatever you want, I'll have money wired. Assef kind of laughs at him and he's like, my family lives in Australia, they're living a good life, I don't need money, that's not what I'm doing this for. And he tells Amir a story about how when he was younger, he was arrested with his father, and every day the guard would pick one of them to beat the crap out of. One day he picks Assef, and a couple days prior to this, Assef has been going through through like really intense pain from kidney stones. He's trying to pass a kidney stone, and so when the guard comes to take him to and starts beating him, he kicks him in the kidney and that passes his kidney stone and so the pain is gone and he starts laughing. And anyway, he believes that this moment was like God telling him, like I have a mission for you to fulfill and that mission is to take out the garbage. So he truly believes that he is doing God's work and God's work is for him to kill sinners. Amir again is just like, I just want the boy. That's all I want. And Assef wants to know why Amir came all this way just for a boy. He tells him that he can't have the boy. He has to earn him. So Assef brings the guards in and says, no matter what happens, no matter what you hear, do not come in this room. Assef wants to fight Amir. He says that they have unfinished business from when they were children. And so he's like, if you win, you can take the boy. If I win, you die, basically. So he tells his guards that if Amir wins, they have to let him go freely. On 287, it says there's a flash. Amir says, I think I gave him a good fight. And so he basically is like passed out this whole time. He's like in and out of consciousness. He remembers like short flashes of the fight there's like a moment where he swallows his own teeth he feels his ribs crack at one point he starts laughing and Seth is like what's so funny and on 289 he says what was so funny was that for the first time since the winter of 1975 I felt at peace my body was broken just how badly I wouldn't find out until later but I felt healed healed at last And then Amir tells the next part of the story and says he'll take this part of the story with him to the grave. He says that they're fighting, he's losing terribly, and Sohrab calls to them, and they turn to see Sohrab holding a slingshot. And Assef is literally just about to finish with Amir, and he tells Sohrab to put down the slingshot, threatens him, and he lunges for Sohrab just as he releases the slingshot and hits Assef in the left eye with, like, a brass ball, and it hits him, like, right in his eye socket. So Sohrab grabs Amir's hand. They run out. Assef is crying the whole time, trying to get his guards to get the brass ball out of his eye. They run for the car. Farid opens the door. They get in, and Amir passes out. Chapter 23. It takes a while for Amir to get his bearings in the hospital. He can't remember what he wants to say and to who he fades in and out gets glimpses of different people he finds out that he's in peshawar now back in pakistan and has been unconscious for two days amir had a ruptured spleen seven broken ribs a punctured lung deep cuts and one really bad cut that split his upper lip into two a fracture on his left eye socket and he has wires in his jaw on two ninety seven, I kept thinking of something that the doctor had said. He said the impact had cut your upper lip in two, clean down the middle, like a hair lip, which is symbolic because Hassan had a hair lip. So Farid and Sorab come and visit him. Amir introduces himself to Sorab. Sorab immediately knows who he is from Hassan's stories, and he stays with him for the day. He doesn't talk much. but later, Farid tells Amir that nobody can find Rahim Khan, that he left the day after Amir did and nobody knows where he is. But they found a letter that Rahim left for Amir. So he reads it and in the letter Rahim says that he knew about what happened with Hassan because Hassan told him about it. And he tells Amir that Baba was hard on him because he was being hard on himself, like punishing himself for what he had done. He wanted to love Hassan openly and he couldn't because nobody knew that he was his father. And he says on 302, And that, I believe, is what true redemption is, Amir Jean, when guilt leads to good. And he finishes the letter, and Amir wonders if his guilt has ever led him to do any good. Fareed tells him that they should probably leave Peshawar as soon as possible because the Taliban is looking for him. Amir gives him the names of the Americans who run the orphanage in Pakistan that Rahim told him about and Farid tries to look it up and finds out that those Americans never existed. So Rahim lied to him about the orphanage and they don't know what to do but they just decide that Sorab is going to go to Islamabad with Amir. Chapter 24. Islamabad is a huge improvement as far as their hotel goes. Farid leaves them in Islamabad and and Amir gives him two thousand dollars and they part as friends and Amir falls asleep in the hotel room and when he wakes up he finds that Sohrab is gone and he remembers that Sohrab was kind of mesmerized by the mosque as they drove into Islamabad and so he thinks that that maybe is where he went because it's not that far away and he convinces the hotel owner to drive him there. And when he finds him, he sits with him, and Sohrab tells Amir about his dad. He starts crying because he feels dirty and full of sin for what he did to Assef and for what happened to him. And that's so devastating because that's so common when it comes to victims of sexual abuse. They believe that they are dirty, that they did something wrong, and that's how Sohrab is feeling. And on 319, Amir says... There are bad people in this world, and sometimes bad people stay bad. Sometimes you have to stand up to them. And then Amir asks Sorab if he wants to come to America with him. He's decided that he's going to take Sorab home with him if he wants to. And Sorab doesn't really give him an answer, and some time passes before they talk about it again. And Sorab says that he's worried that Amir and his wife will grow tired of him, and he makes Amir promise that he will never have to go to another orphanage because his experience in orphanages has been so terrible, obviously. Amir promises him that, and he finally finds the time to call Soraya and tells her everything. Tells her everything about his past, what happened with Hassan, how he just found Sohrab, tells her everything. And she's like, of course you have to bring Sohrab home, he's family, you can't leave him there. So Sohrab and Amir go to the American Embassy. And they meet with a man named Raymond, who tells them that it will be nearly impossible to adopt Sohrab, but that they have a couple of options. And they go back. Amir calls Soraya. She promises to get her uncle to pull some strings for them, see what he can do. And then they meet with an immigration lawyer. His name is Omar, and he tells Amir that it's unlikely things will work out and that his best shot is to send Sohrab to an orphanage in Islamabad and then file an orphan petition and then best case scenario they would get Sorab in a year Amir feels very defeated and he feels like he has to so he tells Sorab about the option of going to an orphanage for a year and Sorab begs him not to send him there and then he just is like weeping and so sad and upset and he falls asleep and on 342 Amir says that's how children deal with terror they fall asleep And after he falls asleep, Soraya calls and tells him that her uncle can get Sohrab a humanitarian visa, so everything's fine, he can go home with them. And Amir goes to wake Sohrab up, finds that he's in the bathroom, goes in the bathroom, and when he opens the door, he starts screaming. Chapter 25. So what happened was, when Amir fell asleep, Sohrab went into the bathroom, got in the tub, and tried to commit suicide which is devastating in any case. But remember that Sohrab is like 10 years old. So Amir is at the hospital, and he finds a rug, lays it on the ground, finds West, and begins to pray. And he says on 346, There is a God, there has to be, and now I will pray. I will pray that he forgive that I have neglected him for all these years, forgive that I have betrayed, lied, and sinned with impunity, only to turn to him now in my hour of need. I pray that he is merciful, benevolent, and gracious, as his book says he is. Amir wakes up, sometime later, to a doctor who tells him that Sohrab is going to survive, and he spends a few days in the hospital. At one point, the hotel owner Tells Amir he has to leave because people have found out that someone tried to commit suicide in their hotel room and it's bad for business. So he kicks Amir out. He goes to see Sohrab in the ICU. He's being kept on suicide watch. And at first he doesn't speak, but when he does, he says he's so tired, he's tired of everything, and that he wants his old life back. Amir tells him that he can't give him his old life back, but he can take him with him because they found a way to get Sohrab a visa. So Rab never really accepts going to America with Amir, he just kind of passively goes. And on 3.56, Amir says, Perspective was a luxury when your head was constantly buzzing with a swarm of demons. So they arrive in America. So Rab barely speaks. He just sleeps a lot. He's clearly depressed and having a really hard time. So some time passes. So Rab remains silent with Amir and Saraya. The general isn't very kind to him. He calls him the Hazara boy, and Amir gets really mad at him and tells him never to call him that again. But the general ends up being called back to Afghanistan to take up a position there, and Amir and Soraya start getting involved in the Afghan community. And on Afghan New Year's Day, they all go out to celebrate, and they go to a park and there's kites flying, and Amir decides to buy one and sets off running. He notices that Sohrab has started running behind him, and so he lets Sohrab try to fly the kite, and together they take down a competitive kite near them. Amir asks Sohrab if he wants him to run that kite for him, like Hassan used to do, and Sohrab smiles, which is huge because he hasn't shown any sort of happiness or emotion at all. On 371, Amir says, only a smile, a tiny thing, a leaf in the woods, shaking in the wake of a startled bird's flight, but I'll take it with open arms, because when spring comes, it melts the snow one flake at a time, and maybe I just witnessed the first flake melting. And before he runs to go get the kite, he says to Sohrab, for you a thousand times over, which is what Hassan used to say to Amir. Okay, guys, that's the end. You made it through this devastating, beautiful book. Okay, and now I'm going to go over themes. So the first theme is guilt and redemption. So this quote from Baba to Amir really encapsulates the theme of guilt and redemption in the novel. He says, when you kill a man, you steal a life. You steal his wife's right to a husband, rob his children of a father. When you tell a lie, you steal someone's right to the truth. When you cheat, you steal the right to fairness." So all of this was Baba's way of saying that stealing or being a thief is the worst sin. And Baba lived most of his life with the guilt that he slept with his best friend slash brother, really's wife. And the son that resulted from that betrayal never knew the truth about his identity. Baba spent his life doing everything he could to make sure that his sons, both of them, were cared for. But he died never having revealed the truth and not gaining that redemption. And after his betrayal of Ali, he spent most of his time doing charitable things in an effort to make up for his sin. And then Amir lived almost his entire life with the guilt of not helping Hassan and then betraying him further by getting rid of him. And his solution to this guilt is to ignore it, but that obviously doesn't work And Amir gains redemption by saving Hassan's son from this horrible life that he was in. And he fights to redeem himself his whole life, not just with his failure to help Hassan, but with the love he craves from his father. He wants that love. He'll do anything to get it, including betray Hassan. And that is kind of the journey of Baba and Amir through guilt and redemption throughout the novel. Okay, the second theme is fathers and sons. Obviously, there's a huge strain in the relationship between Baba and Amir. Baba struggles with the guilt of his betrayal and the fact that he has another son, and he takes most of that guilt out on Amir. He wants to be able to love both of his sons, but he can't openly love Hassan, so he pulls back from Amir in, a, in an effort to, like, make it equal, I think. And he wants Amir to be more like him, and he resents him for being more like his mother. And Amir fights his whole life for his father's love and approval. It's this fight for his father's love that causes him not to step in and stop Hassan from being raped. He wants nothing more than to win that kite tournament and to get the last kite for his dad. And this drive, this like desire for love from his father stops him from helping hassan from what we know hassan was a great father to sorab the novel ends with amir's redemption of adopting sorab and raising him as his own and we see the hope that maybe this will bring amir full redemption and give sorab a good life in my opinion the real hero in this book is rahim khan he knew the truth about baba and amir and still loved them in spite of their sins and did his best to help them redeem themselves and be good again and he understood them and everyone else in the novel more than anyone else. Okay, the next theme is religion and hypocrisy. So every religion has a level of hypocrisy by its leaders, by its scriptures, by its members especially and in this book the religion discussed is Islam so that's what I'm obviously going to be talking about but let's not forget that there's major hypocrisies in Christian and other religions as well. So if you remember Baba was not a religious man. He mocked Amir's school teachers, he questioned the muslim leaders constantly and amir grew up with this and also questioned the religion and its leaders so this upbringing benefited amir later on when he was able to easily look past sariah's past having lived with another man and slept with another man before marriage ali on the other hand was extremely devout in his religion he prayed daily and he was really the only religious influence amir had and that comes into play when he Praise when Sohrab is in the hospital after he tried to commit suicide. Anyway, the worst display of religious hypocrisy in the novel is obviously Assef and the Taliban. Assef believes that he was called by God to condemn s- sinners by killing them as the scriptures call for, and also somehow taking a child prostitute also is the work of God, and this is a radicalized version of Islam, and the Taliban abuse their power and cite their God as their justification for all of the horrible things that they do. Okay, now the last theme is racism and classism. Obviously, racism is seen throughout the novel, the Pashtuns versus the Hazaras. The Pashtuns hate Hazaras and think that they should be run out of the country or be slaves and classism is also seen a ton between the wealthy and the poor amir grows up wealthy and asef also grows up wealthy he is Obviously, the most overtly racist person in the novel, remember, when he was a kid, he thought Hitler had the right idea, and he openly hates Hassan just because he's a Hazara. Amir himself shows racism against Hazaras because he's embarrassed to be friends with Hassan, and he uses the fact that Hassan is just a servant as, like, a justification for not helping him when he was being raped by a sef. He also uses that as, like, he's just my servant when other people, people make fun of him when he's a kid for playing with Hassan. Amir obviously must overcome this inherent racism when he brings home Sorab and Soraya's father refers to Sorab multiple times as the Hazara boy and Amir demands that he stop. That's the end. I hope you liked it. This book is so devastating. It hurt my feelings so bad. It rocked my world when I read it. I just cried. It was it's so devastating. Go follow Brief Podcast on Instagram and TikTok so you don't miss when I post a new book. And also on my website, if you go to briefpodcast.com request, you can request the books that you need me to cover that you have to read in class. So be sure to go do that.